Welcome back to episode four of Hero Recall, and I'm here with the lovely James T. Grotto Power over in Canada. And uh, it's it looks sunny in Canada. Is it sunny in Canada right now? Um, yes, actually, and it's wow. great because it's been cloudy the past few days. It was but like April showers bring May flowers. So. <laughs> it was like uh, ninety degrees here yesterday, and I had to do the lawn and stuff in St. Louis, and I, I fucking hated it. Like- 30 celsius i don't know it's hot that's like 30 celsius it's 100 it's almost 40 uh you know and i should know because i grew up with celsius but then frame of reference it's 14 degrees celsius here right now which is shorts weather for me okay fair enough Um, but i wear shorts at cold temperatures so and a little bit of personal news this week. So, because um, I like to start off with a little bit about us, because why not? You may as well learn the people that are running your uh, your show. Um, so, James, you have an exciting purchase that you made. Do you want to talk about it? Yes. Yeah, just yesterday on Easter. Um, happy Easter, everybody. I'm going to use that joke one more time. <laughs> happy Easter. Sorry. Uh, I was like sitting at home yesterday before family came home. I'm like, wait aren't the electronic stores going to have Easter deals? And they did. And they had the one of the Omen HP laptops, or not laptops, desktops. One of the same brand, the same brand that they used in Overwatch League. Um, it was on sale for 400 bucks. <laughs> like, okay, I was going to buy this right away, but I bought it. I'm like telling Tom, like, I got the computer. I don't know if I'll get the monitor right away. And I was like, wait, maybe I should check the deals on the monitor. So I just bought everything. I yeah. bought a monitor, you which is also an to omen. the inner devil inside you it's, on your shoulder, and you said, it's I have to o- have all the things. It's an Omen monitor, too, so I'm, like, full-branded. Full-branded. <laughs> and then I bought a Corsair four-piece set headset, mouse, keyboard, and did you get, uh Did you get this guy? Oh, God, my bottom fell off. This is a Logitech, I think, but did you get, like, these weights in them? You know the weights at the bottom? No, it, the, the mouse is a Corsair as gotcha. well. But the keyboard's RGB. The computer, I'm pretty sure, is RGB I think as I well. Just broke my mouse here. Ah, not the I right. think I'm probably gonna set as long as I might <clears> switch <throat> the colors up. But at first, I'm probably gonna have like the computer blue and then the keyboard yellow for Boston. There <laughs> you go. Awesome. I also picked up Overwatch on PC, so when that stuff comes in, I'll have Overwatch right away. Now, if you want, it was on 66% off. If you want uh, alternative accounts, you remember on PC you have to buy them. You don't get to make it for free, so it might be worth picking up a second copy in case you want to have a dummy account. I'll Just... wait for another show, uh, another shower, another sale. <laughs> <laughs> April shower. Uh, <laughs> right. brain's not working today. As far as me, uh, I'm good. I, I mean, we had some really nice runs uh, playing recently. I'm kind of back up to um, mid-high plat, and I'm excited to keep pushing towards diamond, which is obviously my current goal. Um, and uh yeah my wife went to see um my favorite murder podcast live uh <laughs> the other day she's a big fan of that and she got me this shirt i don't know if you can see it too much but it says here's the thing fuck everyone which i think is uh was a very nice present of her so i'm excited about that um so i decided to wear it today okay so let's get into the overwatch so um first of all 
game news for Overwatch, let's talk about the big thing going on right now, which is the event. And the event is Archives. Now, traditionally, Archives is one of the more exciting events of the year because that's when you get to learn, hopefully, some lore. You get a nice new PvE element to Overwatch, which is something that people really enjoy, but they don't let you have for more, for more than like two, three weeks a year. Um, luckily, they do bring back the previous PvE events every year. So at least you can go like every year, there's kind of more value with this uh, time period that you're logging in. And of course, there's like special sprays and everything else for doing it on different difficulties. Um, so we've both uh, had a couple hearty runs at um, Storm Rising, which is the event this year. What, what's your first uh, take on it? Okay, my first take on it is the cutscenes are better than any of the events before. The music is better than any of the events before. Pretty much everything about that event is better than any of the events before, except the actual fucking mission itself. <laughs> because the mission itself, yeah, it's on a new map, but it reuses stuff that we've already seen in the, in, uh, the enemies are all from Retribution. Yeah. No new enemies. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a pretty easy mission as well. It's not yeah. like that exciting. I've played it. I haven't done it on expert with the regular heroes, but I did it on expert with randoms. Yeah, on all heroes, easily. Like I think we had one person die. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of underwhelming. Um, but the cutscenes are amazing. <laughs> I wish yeah. they did. The initial intro was stellar like it was super cool to see all the heroes working together when they were back on like i guess like one of the earlier better versions of overwatch and it was like tracer mercy uh you know and uh winston and stuff before genji got recruited to black watch um i think and... it was after actually oh really hmm. timeline wise yeah, was... yeah i'm not sure no but... because i'm pretty sure that storm rising is happening like right before the collapse of overwatch mm. but um yeah, so I don't know. I, I the the cutscenes are great. Like getting to see Genji cut cars in half and everything was really fun. Um, I like all the teamwork. Mercy like scooping him in in the last minute. I like seeing Mercy blind people. I wish that was what ability she had that she could right? just blind people as right? a self defense instead of having Rez increase her healing abilities and let her blind people. But anyway, that's yeah. side note. <laughs> I'm not mad about that actually. That's that we when we do a Mercy episode, that should be in the uh, abilities that she should have. Um, yes. And then, of course, at the end, and I've, this is spoilers, obviously. Like, if you're if you're a big enough Overwatch fan that you're listening to this podcast, you've probably played it by now. If you haven't, skip forward. I don't know, ten minutes. Um, so, uh, yes. <laughs> so uh, they do eventually catch up with Maximilian, who has been one of my favorite kind of like villains of the whole thing. I was hoping they were going to make him um, a character at some point. Doesn't look like they are, but um, they, they so. do introduce a new character that looks like they definitely will be playable at some point. Uh, who is having a chat with Doomfist in a cave, and he appears to be some kind of um, I want to say like predator omnic hybrid he has like these big sort of electric dreads coming back but then this scary ass uh, omnic mask what do we think of that guy you think he's gonna be cool i would definitely say he's probably gonna become a hero at some point maybe in like a year year and a half time frame or so um the thing that i find is interesting is he actually has similar markings on his forehead to maximilian hmm 
Yeah. I wonder if there's any relation there at all, or if it's just a coincidence. Some that Omnics might just be like an evil Omnic thing, you know? It might just be like that the good Omnics <laughs> oh, have like, certain dogs. because you have marks on your head, you're evil. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. they got to tell them apart somehow. Um, but yeah, <laughs> he's, definitely no, like he's, de <laughs> he's definitely no Zenyatta. So, um, so yeah, uh, I, I, I'm kind of on the same boat with you. I think that the cinematography effects for the, the intro and outro and all that stuff were great um i was mostly let down by the length of the mission i i, I mean reusing assets is whatever it was a little lazy but um i felt like when you burst through that final kind of gate and then it sort of takes you to anubis i think a lot of people at that point we're thinking, cool, we get to do a little bit in Anubis. Nope. <laughs> it just, like, just, cuts you I, off, and you're like, well, that was, like, eight minutes, like, total. That was exactly yeah. what all of us thought the first time we played it. Yeah. So, I played with my group. We were like, oh, that was it? After the cutscene ended? It's just mission complete. And we're like... Yeah. So that's a little bit of a letdown. I think Blizzard know it. I think Blizzard have this kind of, uh, I think they know by now that enough people have made these comments that it was one of the more lackluster events. And what's sad about it is that it's for a lot of people, it's their favorite event of the year. Um, so I'm, uh, I'm a little, little let down by that. Um, I will say though, next event coming up is anniversary, which means I do get to play some Lucio ball. So I'm excited for that. But and then um, after that, it's summer games, which means more Lucio ball. Competitive Lucio ball. So yeah, really excited. Excited for I get that. to be a fucking Masters player. It's my favorite ever uh, alternative to the actual game game. Uh, yeah. So that being said, uh, Archives, bit of a stinker this year. Not terrible. The lore was fine. Don't really learn a whole lot except for the fact that at some point they did catch Maximilian and uh, Doomfist has a scary Omnic friend. That's pretty much the majority. Oh, and Genji can cut cars in half. That's pretty much the... And uh, Extent of the and we can also expect um, that Sojourner also probably becoming Sojourner hero does seem like she's going. And here's the thing: like they keep teasing these heroes and then just teasing more, and you're just kind of like, at what point are you actually going to drop one? Uh, because we, they already here's have the, the Echo thing. thing and the Sojourn and then this new Omnic, and then come on, man, like drop one already. They set things. They set things up so that <clears throat> it's about a year before you actually see them. Yeah. So Echo, I think we'll probably see maybe by the end of the year, probably around the same time Ash came out last year. So right, BlizzCon. I'd expect that. I'm actually thinking that we might, and this is probably just me being optimistic, and because I want another Mecha, I think we might be getting a Mecha next. You think so? Because Busan came out mm. a little while back, and it would be a really, it would be a really convenient thing to do. And I also heard a while back, uh, around the time they did Ash, that they're mostly looking at tanks and supports. Yeah, as the next few heroes, sure. I'd be thinking they're either gonna do Demon, make her a main tank mecha, or Overlord, who will be an interesting off tank, probably flying almost all the time. But we'll see what happens. That's just my hope, and I think it would make sense for another mecha because they're kind of drawing us away from mecha right now, so they're gonna bait us, be like, "Oh, we're bringing mecha back." But um, um, what do you think of Havana as well? Because Havana was actually announced as being going live on the PTR soon. So what do you think about the, the map in general? Um, it actually, it looks interesting. It looks almost a bit like Rialto except without canals. Hmm. So I feel like it will be another map 
actually the middle parts kind of reminiscent of Gibraltar. Yeah, I so, was heading, I was leaning on Gibraltar because big open part at the beginning, then an inside part in the middle, and then open again for the ending. I had thoughts of Gibraltar. The first part is like Rialto, so it might actually be a map where people will go goats for the first part and then more change it up floats divey yeah. for the last parts. We'll see what happens though. Cool. Alrighty, so I mean, archives. Let us know your feelings on it this year. I know a lot of people were a little bit let down by it. Um, did you enjoy it? Were you one of the minority that thought it was a really great event and you had a good time? Um, you know, or do you kind of agree with the masses that this one was a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a letdown? Not a lot. It wasn't like. I mean, I, I find it hard to like bitch and moan because we have so much great content and it's always free. So that's why I don't like to bitch and moan about events. And but, we mostly play for comp anyway. <laughs> and we mostly pay comp anyway, but. Um, <laughs> You know, I still I still do like to see Blizzard do well. I think they're doing great right now. And if anything, the the intro to uh, Storm Rising led me to believe that if they really, really put their mind to it, they could make a hell of a movie out of, uh, out of this. And I'd love to see it. So anyway, uh, let's move on to the professional realm for a little bit. So we're going to be talking about some Owl and Contenders a little bit too. Um, now, honestly... Um, it takes us a couple weeks to record an episode. Uh, well, it takes us two hours, technically, but it takes us a couple weeks to gather information together and find time to sit down and create this for you. So a lot has happened in that that time frame. Um, so we're going to cover some things more in depth and some things less in depth, but I did want to try and like at least call out a lot of the changes that have occurred. So we'll start in OWL. Um, because there's been a lot of sort of really interesting things going on in Owl recently. Um, the first of which uh, I think is really prevalent and also kind of um, poignant at this time, and that is that uh, Effect retired from uh, the Dallas Fuel. He will remain as a streamer. He did point that out later. But it was more so the manner in which Effect retired, because there was a lot of, like talk about uh, Effect having some emotional things going on, like with his family, and people were like attacking his parents and shit when he was doing poorly in games, which is just really BM, like why would you even, like, I mean, let's, we're, we're eSports fans, guys, let's not be like NFL fans, please, like, there's no need to insult people's families here, you know, people are doing their best, <laughs> chill out. Um, but anyway, I wanna go, I wanna talk a little bit, I, I can actually read, the twit longer that Effect posted um, in concerning his retirement. It is pretty loaded, so I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I do want to just go over, like, a little bit, uh, the first three paragraphs or so. Do so, we want to put a trigger warning in there? I don't know, but I think trigger warning's a bad, uh, a bad turn of phrase for this, but... No, yeah, but that's actually a thing. That's actually a thing. You want to put a warning in there so that, pe like, if you go through something that's too dark... Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, heads up, it's That's a little That's the actual dark. term, Tom, I'm not saying. It's, it's, <laughs> it seems inappropriate, but yeah, um, yeah, I will, yeah, in fairness, just, I'm you not know, using it as a meme. This it's is a little sad. Term. This is a little sad. <laughs> so, uh, effect set. I always carry a sense of shame around with me, but some days that feeling of shame gets so severe that I get strong urges to kill myself. 
I should just forget about it and do productive, positive things, but I can't do it. I get filled with endless negative thoughts and the idea that everything is meaningless. My life is a bucket with a hole in the bottom. No matter how much I try to fill it and fill it again, my greed knows no limits. And I found something to temporarily block the hole, but the weight grows bit by bit until it eventually breaks apart and it spills out again. The first time I felt this sense of shame was when I was a child and watched a movie. It was an amazingly cool, fantastical movie, but in comparison, I felt so small. I was so envious of the dazzling, bright main character, and I wanted to become like them. And that was when, for the first time, I thought to myself, should I die instead of continuing to live like this? I checked on the internet and that movie came out 10 years ago, so I was 13 years old back then. When my family exited the theater, amazed at the CG, I was thinking about suicide. And that's where I'm going to leave that one there. Because it does get, I mean, it does get dark. And if you want to read the whole thing, uh, of course, it will be connected to the podcast uh, in the comments. You'll see, I put all the sources that we get this from in the comments, so you can read it if you want to. Uh, but like uh, Tegrado said, definitely trigger warning on that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so Effect, going through some shit, it would appear. Uh, it has been for a long time. But this isn't the first we've heard of folks having let's say, stress-related issues in professional esports and also Overwatch very prominently as well. People saying their schedules are too crazy, the demands are too high, the fans are too crazy. What are your, what's your kind of take on this whole kind of, uh, this whole kind of like weird atmosphere around the league and burnout specifically going on right now? See, I think it's something that a lot of people aren't thinking about. Uh, well, they're starting to now, but... Here's the thing. Uh, the gaming community can be really toxic. Yeah. Both players and fans. There's not, like, a whole lot of toxic players, but um, the fans especially. Like, you see... <laughs> I see... Whenever I see a team's lost tweet, the first things I see in the responses are people complaining, like, you guys suck, blah, 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 blah. It's like the first people who respond to those tweets are just there to trash their team. And some people go after players, and it's just ridiculous. And people aren't thinking about the mental impact, like, of the schedules, of the constant berating. Because, yeah, sure, you can say, hey, just let it go. But some people can't do that so easily. And if your results are continuously just not where you want them to be, it's going to eat away at your mind. And people just aren't thinking about these things. They're not thinking about how... They're thinking, oh, these people are playing games, they're having the time of their life. Um, no, they're doing a job. It's like a sport. They're wanting to perform better. They're pushing themselves to do a, get a certain result, blah, 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 blah. Their livelihoods quite literally depend on them doing well in a video <laughs> yes, game. Yes, they're yeah. getting paid to do this. This yeah. is their job. And people <clears throat> forget that. And it stresses people out. <laughs> Anyone gets stressed out at their job, even if they love it. I get stressed out at my new job. And I, I love it. I haven't gotten too stressed out by it. But still, it's a thing that happens. And people aren't thinking about it. People are starting to think about it now. That some of these players that have been known for a long time since before Overwatch League are starting to retire. Because some, some of them because of just they're getting older and they just can't do it anymore. Or the mental... I think DeFran was kind of in that camp of like someone that wanted to try it for yes. a while and he was like, nope, can't do this all the time. Uh, he's too, he far too much of a happy-go-lucky guy. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and and the, the way to kind of look at it as well from perspective, uh, I mean, in the case like effect is, I would say effect is a side, a side, the worst possible amalgamation of what that can be like, mm. because I don't think that every single player that's like in this kind of stressful environment right now is necessarily contemplating suicide. But I do think that it's definitely something to consider in the fact that you and your friends and me and my friends, we all play Overwatch. We all get tilted. We all have bad times playing the game. It will affect your mood to an extent. Now, magnify that by a million people watching and, you know, all these people that just expect you to do well because you're signed by Overwatch League. Why wouldn't you be the best in the world? Uh, and then combine that with the stress of, like, not seeing your family all the time, being stuck in a small room skirmishing for eight hours a day, like, all this kind of stuff. And I think it just compiles and compiles and compiles. I mean, there's definitely a sense, I would imagine, of a lot of players getting burnout just with the game itself, let alone the lifestyle around the game. I mean, they have to literally know this game inside and out. And whenever anything changes, they have to adapt to that as fast as possible. If, uh, you know, they've lost seven games in a row, like Valiant... Um, uh, did then that's got to fuck with you mentally that's got to be like you know i mean shanghai dragons god knows how they managed to to not lose it after the 40 was it 42 straight well, losses they replaced most of their roster they <laughs> did but can you imagine how that previous roster felt about their abilities yes. going into that like that would break a person so yeah so i mean this is like more of an extreme end of things just because of effects like personal situations but uh i i will say i'm happy for him that he is choosing to do this streaming is a far less stressful life i mean it's not to say there's not stress that comes with it but it's, <laughs> I uh, <can> to that. <laughs> but it is far less stressful than uh than what he was doing before so uh i i guess um best of luck to you effect i really hope that you know that you can get to a better place and realize that uh you know things can get better and that you're making the best decision for you and i think like the the majority of people whether they're fuel or effect fans or not are happy for you that you're making this decision um and not doing the other thing <laughs> you know so um yeah so i just wanted to kind of i wanted to start with this because it's such a prevalent issue right now in the overwatch league and i think that effect is like the most extreme version of it so anyway uh moving on a little bit uh bishu puts on a two-way contract with the gladiator legion um so bishu is going to be filling a little bit for the academy team there it's kind of exciting um do, do you like follow bishu much as a player or no but i like him because he's he's actually he's a bit like i'm 37 is that he's actually korean background but he lives in canada i don't know if he still lives in canada but hmm. um he's got this mixed background and i love that i love the players like that and you get a lot of them in bc especially uh where i was born um that's where i'm 37 lives as well he lives in bc but uh he's a really good guy and um we haven't been seeing him in Gladiator, so it's good to see him play. I know he had some health issues, I believe, mm. going on. But uh, it will be good to see him playing with Gladiator's Legion. I think he's going to be kind of leading them. He is going to be... Uh, it says here, the Gladiators are excited to announce that starting on April 8th, LA Gladiators flex tank Bishu will temporarily be joining Gladiator's Legion under a two-way contract to support the current roster, while Gladiator's Legion actively searches for a new full-time flex tank. 
So, yeah, I don't know if that's kind of like them saying he's probably going to end up staying on the Legion team, uh, but they might need to pull him up to the big leagues once in a while. Uh, I'm not sure exactly kind of what the the background to that is, but... I don't know what it is, because it's not that Bichu's not a good player. I think it's more because he's been having those... I think he was having health issues, and this, like, playing contenders is a bit less strenuous i suppose and it lets him deal with his other stuff yeah um and still keep up like practice with high level and still keep up practice. yeah but they do have void right now who's also very good fuck's sake void is fucking but legit void is one of my we'll see, low key favorite we'll see players. how this plays out yeah honestly and gladiators have been crushing it lately anyway like they've been doing fantastic so we're not worried about that too much um all right so here's some weird stuff that went on this week um <laughs> there's a lot more kind of let's say celebrity interest in esports lately uh oh, yes. which is proving to kind of expand things in an interesting direction so uh toronto defiant um recently signed <laughs> and i say signed loosely not as a player but as an ambassador the weekend uh the singer the weekend weird name for a singer but um so toronto native the weekend is joining the toronto defiant family we're excited to have the weekend as an uh, investor collaborator and global ambassador and they have pictures of him like playing you know console overwatch but um (laughs) you know like all sort of stoked and pumped to be part of uh part of toronto defiant which i think is really cool like it's uh i i like that a lot um and then alongside the weekend we also have and this is now now we're getting some serious territory uh gen g the parent company of overwatch league team soul dynasty an esports team in league of legends lck fortnite clash royale and others has raised 46 million in financing from actor Will Smith, uh, Japanese soccer star Kazuki uh, Honda Dreamers flew uh, Honda Dreamers Fund, Los Angeles Clippers minority owner Dennis Wong, and others. But let's be honest, Big Willie style is the only one we care about there. <laughs> so yeah, so Will Smith uh, is also donating to. Uh, I mean, this is more like general esports, not specifically Overwatch, but they do own Soul Dynasty. So yeah, uh, Will Smith um, that, uh, donating to Soul Dynasty and the weekend as an ambassador for Toronto Defiant. Where do we sit on that? I think no matter what you think about the people investing, because I know some people don't like the weekend. I don't really know that much about him, so he's I have fine. a neutral opinion. Yeah, he's fine. but um, I think it's a good thing. Hey, the weekend Toronto native supporting the Toronto team—that's going to be good for building esports in that region. Um, Will Smith supporting esports at all—that's going to be good for um, normalizing esports because a lot of people and I talked about this last week. I'm going to talk about it until people stop being idiots about it. But they just think that esports players are just people living in their mother's basement playing video games. Yeah, That's not how it is. Um, for us to see a lot more high-quality players, not that there's not high-quality players from this side of the world, uh, we need to normalize esports. <laughs> and this will help bring that to fruition so we're going to see players more able to practice and get better and do their thing without stressing about yeah you know living yeah yeah so i think this is a good thing and it will normalize it and people will be like oh hey esports is actually a thing because if you think about it it's not that different than playing football it's you're playing a game yeah there might not be as much of a physical aspect but you're playing a game for your living 
You know what really <laughs> cracks me up is a lot of the arguments that go against esports are so redundant. It's just like, why wouldn't you want to play the game instead of watching people play the game? Oh, and you like NFL and NHL and yeah, do MLS? you go out and play hockey? Do you go day? out and play? No, you don't. You watch your team and you cheer them on. That's the excitement of it. And it's not like there's not a scoring system. There is a scoring system. It is a sport. It's just not a physical beat each other up sport it's a mind game strategic sport much the same as chess or poker or anything else along I mean, those there's lines. world series poker on the sports <laughs> networks people don't complain about that there's darts even there's, yep. i saw freaking darts if darts showed. counts overwatch counts that's what i'm saying it's literally the I'm same not that thing flick the, mouse, watch darts. flick the dart flick the mouse flick the dart it's the same it's the same thing all right i was actually watching a darts match and it was interesting darts so is, just, nothing wrong with watching darts for, coming from an englishman darts to me is like there's so many people i know in real life that love it i always hated it i just it's such a stupid thing. i just like throwing sharp objects i mean can't argue, with that. Can't that. argue with that. All righty. So, uh, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of cool news. I like it. Uh, I do think esports is definitely one of the fastest growing, um, you know, I guess sports or even like just cultural phenomenons. Uh, I think it's one of the fastest growing. And I think especially when these esports stadiums start popping up for Overwatch League, we're going to see a serious like boon in people getting sort of attached to it. Uh, I really hope so anyway, because I think the other thing to remember is, and here's, here's the, the, the weird kind of um, paradox of esports and people getting into esports. When you're watching Counter-Strike, Call of Duty, Fortnite, whatever, you kind of know what's going on. Maybe not in Fortnite, because it's just lots of building and shooting, but like, with most of the traditional FPS games, you kind of know what's going on. Trying to introduce people to things like League of Legends, Dota, and even Overwatch to an extent, a lot harder if you've not played it. Like when I, uh, before I played Overwatch, I had seen some professional Overwatch. Um, like before I played Counter-Strike, I had seen some professional Counter-Strike. I could follow Counter-Strike very simply. It's very, very easy. Five players here, five players there, that one team plants the bomb, the other team tries to defuse it, kill everything, and you win. Like, it's a really simple concept. With Overwatch, though, it's such a, like, a blast of just vision when you're watching it from an from an outside perspective. The first time I tried to follow it, I was watching with Keegan, and I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? There's, like, monkeys, and there's electric, and there's, you know, it's just, I was like, I don't know, like, what's happening, so it's really hard for me to enjoy it. Um, and then, like, of course, once I played it, I suddenly understood everything. And that's the kind of, I think that's a weird barrier point with esports, is that, like, you can watch, like, an NFL game or an NHL game or whatever and pretty much pick it up pretty simply because the rules, despite, like, some of the more difficult rules but the, the basic gameplay is really easy to follow just by watching and someone saying this team has to score that ball in that basket or whatever um but trying to explain the strategy behind a game like league or overwatch that's a whole other kettle of fish that's the one thing i think will be the hardest to overcome because it seems like right now you kind of have to play it to understand it um at least to some extent but they are doing a good job of trying to bring that to the masses with the explanations um, that they've been sort of cutting into the, the larger live shows. Like, this is how you do escort, you know. See, and I've, I've actually seen, and I don't think it'll be too big of a problem because I've heard a lot of people talking like their parents see it on the TV and they know that their child has watched this. So they ask their child, like, what's going on? And it's like, I think someone tweeted 
during a match, like, without them explaining it, their mother was like, oh, that team has more special moves, ultimates, than the other team. They have an advantage. And they're like, oh, you actually get it. So it can. <laughs> mother, are you talking about alt economy right now? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people are willing to learn. My mother even thinks, like, I don't know if she'd actually watch Overwatch League, but she was watching the news the other day she's like oh hey that's overwatch league you should there's a news story about it on the tv and called me upstairs wow. there you go <laughs> when she was visiting and i'm like there are people open to it and i think they will find it interesting i think i could like if, my, if it was on the tv my mother would watch it and i'd explain it to her and she'd actually understand it but um and also the, the one thing that i will say for overwatch over some of those other games like league is very kind of like anime-esque but um overwatch does have the cutesy factor it does have the yes. disney factor like it's not just like call of duty where someone's running around gunning people down like you know oh look there's a fucking hamster in a rolling bowl and he's <laughs> about to spin around this circle a bunch of times you know there's like this certain element of like the characters are like superheroes are a little bit more relatable and they're yeah. so marketable. They're so marketable, which I think Blizzard knew what they were doing when they, when they created some of these guys. But, um, so I think that'll help, uh, definitely. But all righty, moving on, uh, Washington justice general manager, Kate Mitchell to retire after stage two, bit of shocking news there coming out from the Washington justice, but to and be honest, another mental game thing. Yeah. I mean, they, they've just been all over the place, the justice with what they have going on. Speaking of which, uh, San Francisco shock are losing sleepy, uh, and he's going to Washington justice. So there's something else going on there. Um, which is justice based. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think of all the teams in the league right now that are doing a lot, a lot of kind of shuffling around and trying to find themselves, justice are doing the most of it. That being said, they kind of have to <laughs> because they're in a weird spot right now where they're like, they're always so close. Like they always have some really great like moments, but they can't quite like see it all the way through. Uh, they only have, I know they had that one win at the end of stage one. Have they had any wins this stage? I honestly haven't been paying attention to their games. I don't think they've won this stage yet. I don't yet. think so either. Could be, let me just check it quickly. Yeah. But um, I know they faced Valiant and lost. So yeah. not that Valiant, Valiant are looking a bit better this stage. I think they I haven't actually questioned their matches. Yeah, Valiant are looking a lot better. But so, yeah. let's see. This stage, they've had no ones Washington. Yeah. So they need to shake something up, and it looks like they're on, they're kind of trying to do that. Sleepy is legit like a great player as well, so that should help. And they have Ark now, and so it's going to be good. It's going to be good. They have Ark, they have Jonas. Um, yeah. Some people, I don't know if it's actually serious or not, but some people were like, oh, maybe Sabe Yolby will go to Justice too because he's not being played, but I don't think yeah. that's the situation. Yeah. I think once the meta switches, we'll be seeing Sabe Yolby yeah. in NYXL Yeah, again. he was like the only thing people talked about a lot in the original season. He's... Like one, the only players on NYXL I actually still like. Mm. I I really like Sigilby. I kind of want a jersey of his. Uh, the last of the owl-based kind of teams moving around news, anyway, is uh, the LA Valiant announced Promise is their new assistant coach. Uh, Promise, solid uh, background in Overwatch. Um, Valiant again, another team that definitely needed to shake it up a little bit. Um, so Promise is moving over there and becoming their new coach. Now I'm going to run through this next 
lot a little faster. We will get back to a little bit more Owl towards the end here, but there's a lot of stuff that happened in Contenders. Now, um, if you're just kind of like, if you're just getting into Overwatch League, and I know that the people that listen to this podcast span a, a wide variety of just like people that like the game, people that like Owl, some of you, I assume, know and like Contenders as well. If you don't know, Contenders is basically like the um, the minor league Overwatch league kind of tier thing. Tier two. Tier two is the official. A lot of people term. call it T two. T two. So basically, these are the players that are kind of they're not quite owl level, but they're working towards it. And the more they win, the more likely they are to show up <laughs> at some point. So for example, one of the most famous T two teams was Runaways, and Runaways turned into uh, Vancouver. So it's, uh, you know, it's not, and that was just because they expanded the rosters out, but it's not unheard of for these guys to get jumped up to the big leagues. And the opposite, as we saw with Bishu too, like uh, there will be some players that may be underperforming or they don't feel good or they just need that moral support of an owl player on their league and they'll go and play for that tier as well. Fusions um, was, you know, a, t- a, a guy that was on a two-way contract and I think now that's kind of leaning more towards like full-time um, Boston, I think but... he actually might be just full time. Yeah, I'm not so sure. but I actually still don't know what the deal of his contract. Yeah, is. I don't think anyone does. I don't think even he knows. But um, yeah, so anyway, just a brief overview of contenders um, if you are unfamiliar. So a lot of different swaps went on there. I'm not going to go into detail because this podcast can only be so long. But I'm going to run through them for people that do follow contenders. So uh, Energy Esports adds Mira and releases Azire. Uh, Leaked up leaves Team CC. Boston Academy finally releases Asking. Uh, Fearless transferring to Team CC. Square One releases Vowels and Applewood. Speedily joins XL Academy. Uh, Sharik joins the Montreal Rebellion. And a young and beautiful sign, Beto. Uh, the other sort of more interesting pieces of news to come out of uh, Contenders I wanted to focus on for a minute is that finally... Uh, and trust me, this is, you know, I'm not happy about it. The uh, Fusion University team had their 30-game win streak broken uh, by Mayhem Academy of all teams. So, um, yeah, because those Mayhem guys Academy were... are better than Mayhem. <laughs> yeah, like, legit. Like, yeah. They have Mangachu, good Canadian boy. Yeah, good to see Mangachu. Uh, but, yeah, so Fusion Uni had this incredible, like, run where they were basically, like, I guess MYXL of the you know they were the titans titans <laughs> yeah yeah and they literally uh, had not lost yeah. at all they're a solid team uh, a lot of people really big fans of Beast Halo asking for him to come up to the big leagues potentially to replace Sato um, I don't know Fusion I, University uh, should just replace most of the Fusion players let's be honest <laughs> the way they're playing lately I, I there seems to be a little bit of weird toxicity on Fusion that a lot of us kind they, of can sense but we're not sure so. side note on that when they beat Outlaws if you were looking at their face games you would think they were losing 4-0 they really? did not look happy at all. I saw Sato smile like once. That was the only person on the team I saw smiling that whole match. There's something wrong with that roster. I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah, it's got to be. But anyway, it's that's a be. side note. 
Alrighty. So, yeah, there's a little bit of a roundup on contenders news for you. A couple shuffles around, and of course, the Fusion lost their uh, undefeated run. So, if you're interested in contenders, do support it. Tier 2 needs support. Tier 3 needs support also. That's, you know, when you're getting into, like, high schools and stuff. But, um, but yeah, Tier 2, it is available on Twitch, just the same as Overwatch League. They have, like, it's, like, Overwatch Contenders, I believe, is the Twitch thing. Um, and you'll know it because instead of the famous Tracer logo, you get a Genji logo uh, instead. And it's, like, green and black. So that's how to spot it. Basically, it. always looks like the outlaws are playing, and, then, yeah. and it's always a good game because these people are hungry. They are hungry to get better. So if you're one of those folks that like watches watches like basketball, but then also watches college basketball because you want to see which players are going to get pulled up. This is kind of the same thing, um, just mm -hmm. to throw that out there. Alrighty, so let's go back to Overwatch for a little bit before we get into the personal focus and the main hero. Um, so let's talk about Dallas Fuel's Homestead game. Um, so Dallas Fuel, they do have their stadium up and ready to roll. I believe home it was not... Stand. Is it Homestead? Not Homestead. It's Homestead. I have no idea what the fuck it's supposed to mean, but it's Homestead. I oh, think yeah, it's Homestead. Yeah, yeah. You're totally right. Uh, I don't know where I got Homestead from. I kind of like that, though. It sounded... that's, that's probably what it should have been. I have better. no idea what Homestead is supposed to <laughs> homestand mean. Homestead doesn't honestly. make any sense. Um, so anyway, uh, the Homestead weekend, uh, I believe it's Dallas versus um, Houston, I think. Um, well, that's the big thing, but there are other teams playing. Like, oh, really? Let me see who's going. Um, yeah, please do. Uh well, you're so homestand weekend. The match lineup is Paris versus London, Hangzhou versus Chengdu, Houston versus Seoul, Valiant versus Dallas, Hangzhou versus Paris. That's a lot of games. Chengdu versus London, Seoul versus Valiant, and then Dallas versus uh, Houston. Wow! So there's eight matchups. Uh, I believe four teams. Jesus! No, not four teams. That That's... would be stupid. That's not four teams. Eight. Is it going over? Teams. It's going over teams, two days, though, right? Teams. It's going over yes, two days. Two days. I was going to say that's a lot of games for one. So day. a lot of people uh, won't have their teams playing this week. <laughs> right. I think like how many teams are in the league now? Sixty, and so only a half. Unless, the teams are they filming yeah. for Overwatch League from Dallas? They might. Be. Yeah, they're going. Oh, the matches they're, are happening in Dallas. Whole kit and caboodle, right? They got Mitch and everyone out there. Okay. I think they're going to have like everyone out there except for the teams that aren't playing. Some of the players might go to it, I'm pretty so, sure. Um, yeah, so sold out as well for the Homestead Weekend. That's great news. That's when we talk about expanding Overwatch in North America and outside North America. These home games are going to be legitimately one of the best moves that any esports um, organization has ever made if it works this to fruition. This is like the Olympic test event. Yeah. <laughs> Equivalent. Yeah. I mean, it's we like know that does the concept work? We talked about Philly building their stadium. Luckily, Dallas already has one they can use, but they're going to do the first of, uh, you know, and, and in 2020, they're moving all over to this. So I'm excited. I honestly like as much as I really uh, I'm not a fuel fan. No offense, fuel. I like some of your players. I just don't like the cockiness. Um, I do. Uh, I do wish them the best. And I hope this goes really well, because if this goes well for Dallas, it goes well for Overwatch League in general and esports in general. As a, as a byproduct. Um, so let's talk about two of the weirdest things that happened in um, Overwatch League. Uh, and they both revolve around the Atlanta Rain. Um, so the Atlanta Rain uh, this week had a stunning uh, pulse bomb that was dropped. Uh, I just, it was I, last week, technically. Last week, yeah. So it's one of those things where, like, I don't necessarily like to talk about, like, moves that happened that I was a fan of, like, uh, that much. But I will say that... Um, um, this was pretty impressive. So, Erster, 
uh, on Eichenwald uh, lands a 4k pulse bomb followed by directly killing the two remaining ma- members of the team without a grab with, without without a grab, grab. just like old school tracer fashion and uh, basically nailed all six players of Washington Justice within about five seconds um incredible play and i think erster because erster's kind of usually in brig jail i think um i think that was that was a stunning moment where you get to remember what overwatch can be when it's at the height of its kind of it's like, just good to see tracer doing something again. yeah and tracer sure. has been coming back you see tracer sometimes Once on in a while. Busan. Yeah. we saw it obviously on Iconwald. so there are hints that people are trying to break goats. Yeah. But it's just not I, I love it. a constant I love it. thing yet. <laughs> I'm a, yeah. I mean, it's kind of interesting how, like, it's almost like, rather than just going goats for every single, like, every single stage of every single map right now, it's almost like there's certain stages in a map where people feel like they have to run goats, but then there's certain stages where they're like, uh-uh, let's try something new. And those are the most exciting to me. Like, I love seeing all the fairies in the league. I love seeing, um, you know, Batiste get some play. Like, it's exciting. Um, so yeah, that Pulse Bomb, again, you can see the link to, directly to the uh, Twitch clip in the description below. Uh, but honestly, if you just type in Erster hits massive Pulse Bomb, you'll probably find it. Um, and then Atlanta went on after that to just go ahead and fucking beat NYXL. Uh, you know, which just blows my mind because Atlanta have been literally, since DeFran has gone, one of the shakiest teams in the entire league. Uh, and then they just fucking blew NYXL out and of the water. This close to 4 0. This close. NYXL pretty much. Um, it's no guarantee that they would have lost that they would have lost the map had they lost this fight, but they basically won that last fight just because Atlanta couldn't contest. They got it was like a half C nine. Yeah. And it was just it was mind blowing that that's how they won a map. Yeah. They actually just got outplayed. <laughs> I watched King's Row. Atlanta was solid on King's Row. They did a really good job. I didn't watch the first two maps. What do you attest it to? Because a lot of the casters, and I'm kind of of the same opinion, a lot of people believe that MYXL tend to play a slower game. Like, they're very tight-knit. They don't get that aggressive. They wait for mistakes. That's how NYXL plays. As soon as someone is out of position, pounce. But Atlanta were hyper-aggressive. Like mm-hmm. hyper regret, like Vancouver aggressive. Do you think that has more to say in how they managed to win that, or do you think it was because they did get a little bit unconventional with some of their compositions? Like they they He's... legitimately played May like normally for a long time on Anubis. Like they were blocking off the Rhine from retreating. They were like landing blizzards. It was amazing. It was one of no pun intended. It was my um, one of my favorite moments I've ever had uh, watching Overwatch League. Do you th- what do you what do you attest the victory to? Here's the thing with NYXL, and this is my honest opinion of them. They're a really good team, very good mechanically, but they're mostly only good at what they plan for. Once they're off their plan, and we saw this in playoffs last year against Fusion, as soon as they're off their plan, they don't look very strong. Right. Like, you throw them off their plan, and also, if you kill Jonak first, you probably win the fight. That's another thing. If you kill Jonak first, their plan is to keep Jonak alive. So many clutch kills from Dogman. I've not been Dogman's biggest fan since he joined the league. I did not like the the BM attitude he came in with. I do think he's an excellent Zen player and an Ana player. Um, But that dude had so many clutch kills that just ended fights before they started. There was fights uh, with NY where he would take out Jonak first, and then literally no ults were needed on the half of the rain and i think 
when you snowball in those effects, when you're like, okay, Rain could use a couple ultimates to, uh, you know, to seal this, but then NYXL are going to have the ult economy coming back. They're probably going to flip it. But when you can win a fight just by a pick, and you still have those ultimates when it might come back, and then you're more likely to, you know, stall out the point for longer or whatever it might be. So I think Dogman came in clutch with a lot of that. I do have to give him a lot of respect for how he played that. Um, and I think he did a great job of keeping Jonak somewhat um, ineffective in his team. It will be interesting to see, though, because Atlanta's next match. Firstly, Atlanta beat NYXL, and then they lost... <laughs> They lost to Guangzhou Charge in the next match after that. Yeah, no, so I'm who not knows mad what's about that? Guangzhou they're, Charge they're needed a win. They're an unpredictable, exciting team. <laughs> yeah. um, I like seeing teams that don't just necessarily destroy all the time. But Atlanta Rain faces NYXL again. The stage B is the scheduling Ooh. this year is shit. <laughs> and people played teams twice. And NYXL also faced Fusion we, twice this yeah, stage. Yeah, I say, we played them twice. I say we, Fusion. Well, I'm a Fusion fan, you know, in case you guys didn't know. Uh, James has migrated from Fusion to Boston. Um, and, uh, yeah, so in case you're wondering, if like, when we say our team. some of their players. Yeah. They do need to. Like we need to do some work, boys. That's what we're saying. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you can go from winning to MYX. You know what though? That is just the nature of the fucking game so far. Like it's just been so crazy how many people have like beaten top tier teams and then lost to bottom tier teams immediately after. Like even at the beginning of the stage, like the very very first stage, Fusion beats uh, London, last year's champions, and then loses to Mayhem, who is largely regarded as one of the worst teams in the league right now. Like. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this game half the time, but yeah. And also, it's important to note that Rain is the first team to lose to Valiant this year. So it's such a mixed bag of results, and it's exciting to watch teams like that. I'm actually going to start following uh, Rain a bit closer Mm -hmm. now because not just because of BNYXL victory, but they they seem like a very exciting team, and they don't have Defran anymore, so I can actually like them. (laughs) (laughs) Baby Bay, Baby Bay is a decent player to watch. I'm excited with his uh, with his. Uh, current switch over to to there okay cool that's all your owl roundup if you're not a big fan of overwatch Lego contenders i do apologize for the long the last 40 minutes or so um it is part of our podcast we do like to dig into it we're huge fans of the competitive scene and we want to try and push it as far as possible especially into newer uh people to the game and that's what this podcast is designed to capture we want people that like cosplay and play the game and really love the game but maybe don't know so much about like the pro side of it or maybe need to dig deeper into like hero tips or whatever so that's that's why we made this so um so we will be talking about it and hopefully we'll help you follow along with some of the more interesting uh movements in that side of things um cool personal focus this week uh i've come up with a doozy of a question two questions um that i was just kind of like they just kind of hit me and i was like i was just thinking about it like we've done a lot of like favorite character worst favorite character 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 you autopilot on character you don't you know that kind of stuff so what i decided to do this week was focused on um on abilities and ultimates directly so um what i want from you sir is uh two things number one the single worst ability and or ultimate in the game uh followed by the single best ability and or ultimate in the game uh and go i guess see the thing is i with ultimates or with worst i seriously think it might be and just for the fact that yeah it is useful but it's really underwhelming 
is Arisa's bongo. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it can be useful in some situations, but honestly, even when I use it, I feel it's really underwhelming. Yeah. It's just, you put it down and nothing really happens. You, like, we talked about maybe this get some extra damage Arisa that you want to put away. But uh, yeah. I think it might be also a case of just teammates not using it as well. So yeah. that's just from my experience. It just seems like, yeah. Cool. I used the bongo. It made noise. It doesn't. It, just, noise. it doesn't. It and doesn't feel coming crazy. from it, which is always nice. Um, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but, but uh, it's yeah. just whatever. <laughs> Alrighty. What about uh, abilities? Do you have any abilities you think are lackluster? Uh, abilities. Hmm. It's hard, isn't it? It took me a yeah, long time really to come to any decisions. I can't really think of an ability that's really lackluster. We can come back to it if you want. No, I, I don't. I don't think I'll ever be able to come up with one. But um, right. so mostly just. I mean, I guess micro missiles are kind of disappointing, but I still find them pretty useful. So okay. that's what I'm gonna say. Just because, just for the sake of saying something, like the micro missiles are just kind of like tickled. You feel like they should be more powerful. <laughs> Maybe, but I don't really care. I, it's, I use it just for extra damage. Yeah, it's it's kind of like how I use um, when I'm healing as Baptiste. How I use the his uh, not his. I it almost looks like it, but his um, regenerative burst. I actually use it to get extra healing on people all yeah. the time. So it's kind of just like extra damage. Yeah, that's what it is. I got you. You know, it's weird. Like whenever I'm playing Moira against a diva, I used to be really nervous. Like, oh, I'm gonna lose this one a one on one. Now that her like armor uh, stuff has been buffed a little bit, like she can drain armor faster. Even if a diva is micro missling me in the face, I I'm less scared. Like I I feel like I can one v one a diva. Almost it like overtakes, it. and you just fade around the back, and it takes Diva forever to like chunk her little mech around to try and find you. And I feel like, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, so I, I yeah, I can even go with for that. me, and I have really good tracking, it's hard for me to fight a Moira as Diva, right? I it's like a 50 50 win rate, and you can't fix that shit, so you know, you're, yeah. you're getting your life stole whether you like it or not. Um, it depends on who sees who first, really. I'm gonna go with because uh, I'm gonna jump in on the worst before we go to best. I'm going to jump in on the worst. I'm going to say one of two things. I think I think Venom Mine is pretty oh, underwhelming. Yeah, um, and it's not that it doesn't have its uses. It is good as an early warning mechanism. It definitely does put down, like, it puts down 75 damage. But, you know, it's also, like, an overtime thing. So the healers could heal it up before. Like, if it was, like, instantaneous, that would be a bunch of, like, insta-kills. It's just, like, poison. And then um, it's kind of awkward to place sometimes at a distance anyway and then and and i i was gonna say this but then they they patched it recently reaper shadow step before the patch was the stupidest ability in the game i think because yeah yes you can get to high ground or whatever but everyone knew you were there because a it took you a whole minute like well not a minute like a second second and a half to like re you know materialize but also like he made his presence very well known every single time you would just be like casually fighting on point and you'd hear a death comes and you'd be like all right reaper somewhere let's <laughs> let's let's get out of here <laughs> and it was just like it was just so pointless as a sneaky technique it was there was no shadow in that step it was just kind of like 
large, bright sunlight announcement step. Um, but they did fix it up a little bit. Now he just come out of it quicker. He can do it while jumping. So there's a little bit more of an element of surprise to it. Uh, so it's better now. But that was definitely up there as like on my worst. Um, Ultimate-wise, I really am not a fan of Deadeye. Uh, I think it should lock on faster uh, to make it more viable. Because the only way you land that ultimate is by coming from the craziest angle uh, that people are not expecting you to be, not having anyone on your team that has the ability to either one-shot you or dematrix you or, uh, you know, boop you or the million other ways to get rid of it. Like, usually... A McCree is not going to get hardly any value out of that. Maybe one kill. Occasionally, you get a good one. Uh, but I think overall, and they have buffed it, but overall, it's a pretty low value alt to me. And it takes like a while to build in some instances too. So that I'm not such a I fan of. I disagree with that highly. But okay. anyway. What's, well, what's your opinion on that? Deadeye, I think it's exactly where it should be. Because if you look at, like, Pulse Bomb, same idea. You have to be in the right place, right time. You have to plan it out. Self-destruct, you have to be in the right place, right time, plan it out with your team. Deadeye, same thing. And it's mostly used for zoning. Like, it's not always a kill the entire team thing. It's it's just you have to know how to use it. That's my opinion. It's just, it's not really lackluster. They buffed it a bit recently. Um, yeah, the buff was good. The buff was needed. If you're... If your team is distracted enough by their team, you can't do anything about it often. I think it's just, I think it's in a decent place right now. Okay. That's my personal opinion. I will add that the, you just, you, since you just brought it up, Tracer's Pulse Bomb pretty uh, underwhelming right now. It's guaranteed I think it's more of pick. a meta thing, but also yeah. I think you can't, I don't know if you can kill a Bastion with Pulse Bomb right now if you stick mm. it. It's not a guaranteed kill, which I think is stupid. Yeah, I think I've lost you on the... Oh, there you are. Hi. <laughs> oh, my camera just uh, screwed up. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, so now let's talk about best abilities and ultimates for the characters. So the worst ones are out of the way. The sucky ones are gone. Um, now, there are definitely some firm capabilities that these characters can do. Way easier to pick, I think, best than worst. So what would you say, and you could do both ultimate and ability if you want to, or you can just do uh, ability. But what would you say is the best in the game? Uh, I have personally? one for both. Okay. And the best ability, I would say, would be Sombra's Hack. And both because it prevents characters who are very ability heavy from doing fucking anything. <laughs> and also because it gives you intel as far as how do they have alt or not. And this is a huge part of the game. Like, preventing abilities, that's a big enough deal. But sometimes if you don't know if someone has alt, and then, like, for example, if they just used it, I had a case yesterday where I was playing comp, and an enemy reaper had just used alt like a minute ago. And I hacked him. I said, he has alt again. and Or he has alt. And someone's like, he just used it, though. I'm like, I am Sombra. I can see that he has alt again. And nobody would have known that otherwise. So that's a huge part. And just preventing people from getting away. Like, if you have a Doomfist attacking your backline, you can shut that guy down. He won't be able to get away. He'll just get burned. If there's a Wrecking Ball attacking your backline, he won't be able to get away. He just walks around. He's this big target. You can just burn him down. If there's a Roadhog, he won't be able to heal himself. He won't be able to hook anyone. He's just a big target that you all shoot and he gets burnt. 
And if there's a mercy resing, you can cancel her res. If there's a dead eye going on, you can cancel dead eye. If you're good, if you're quick enough, you can cancel more you coalescence. Can, uh, you can cancel hogs alts. You can cancel so many things. Just stop with... May from contesting the point in overtime as well because you're canceling her cryo block stop and her. her ice wall. Yeah, which is a good one. Yeah. She's a good one against May too, as long as you keep your distance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I never player. really. Cause I, here's the thing: I'm not a somber player, so like, I mean, I play her a little bit, but uh, I do think that I hate being hacked. So I, I can't appreciate like the other side of it. Whereas it is a very powerful ability. Uh, I think, yeah, you're right up there. I think it's a misunderstood ability. I think a lot of people don't use it to its full potential but yeah it, it is super powerful um, and there's also yeah. the fact of of health packs like you can control the enemy's ability to push in on you and sustain themselves by hacking those health packs yeah like if there's a big approach to the point that they keep using there's a health pack there that they keep going to use and you hack that they're all of a sudden going to be finding themselves in difficult situations because they can't get their health back up unless it's for their healers. Especially so on, like, uh, Ruins for Ilios. There's that one mega that's, like, it's, like, literally, like, it's yeah. no ones. It's just out in, like, all by the point. And sometimes they'll go for it. They'll yeah. go out of, they'll leave the fight completely to go get the health pack, and then it's not there for them. And then they're on their own for you to hack again and prevent next... them from getting back to their team and just taking them out of the fight and they're next to a ledge so i'm usually a big fan <laughs> if i'm lucio i can be like bye bye no health pack for you um so what about your uh, what about the ultimate then you said you had one for as both. far as ultimate i want to say that the most powerful ultimate in the game is graviton search okay. because of its huge team kill potential even with sometimes you don't even need to combo another all with it if you have a break swinging into that thing if you have a reinhardt swinging into that thing you can get several people down um even without it like trance is a good trance is a good counter to it but if you have a diva bomb and you get the reinhardt like if the enemy team has a reinhardt to block it and you have a reinhardt to charge him out you're gonna kill everyone except for the zen yeah <laughs> anyway so it's just this huge, powerful ability um, if your team capitalizes on it. That is the big part, if your team capitalizes on it. But even then, even with that, it doesn't always even require an ult. It just requires a little bit of follow-up. And it also doesn't necessarily require you to nail all six people. You can get the most important person on their get, side like, and then burn them in. It's the most important. I yeah. wouldn't recommend it all the time, but if it's like a main tank or a healer, yeah, or someone really important, uh, it could be useful. It, if it gets two, even better. If it gets three, wow. If it gets four, you're. Like, yeah. It's just, it's it, it's better the more that you get. But even you can get value out of even a single person if it's the right one. I think a lot of times in Overwatch League, they'll use it on the enemy Zarya because that's where all the damage is coming from yes. in goats. So like, if you can get a solo Zarya grab and burn her down then like you basically won the fight anyway which i think is uh and you know whether you get six or one i think it's kind of cool that you can do that but yeah it definitely um it also partners well with a lot of other ultimates like i have seen it partnered with everything from obviously the diva bomb situation in goats right now to something as simple as torb's molten core like they'll be hovering in the air torb will put his molten core underneath and they all just go poof, right into the molten core when it's over which is uh which is i'm a big fan of that combo yeah uh, and really, right. the only thing that can really get rid of it is Diva's Matrix. So if the enemy team is a Diva and you demech her, just make sure that she doesn't have Matrix or can't. Matrix I mean, honestly, it. half the time, it's so difficult to 
get that really anyway that it's anyway. like you know you're probably gonna be fine um but yeah no you're unless you're in overwatch league but yeah no that's a good call out good call out grab is it definitely against fury yeah <laughs> Yum yum yum. Uh, alrighty, so for me, um, I got some. I got some kind of weird ones. So I actually think the best ability in the game is fade. Uh, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I know. Uh, there's plenty of other like DPS or uh, you know tank based abilities that are like de- de- defense matrix is legitimately up there in the list of like my favorite abilities. But fade is undeniably for me my favorite which is why i'm saying it's the best uh because it makes you damn near unkillable like if you can utilize fade in a correct manner um you can not only obviously very quickly escape an engagement without having taking any damage whatsoever you can also flank very quickly like you can fade like for example let's go um with paris right there's that one choke at the beginning where you really don't want anyone to be able to to hit you while you're moving you can literally just fade right around the corner and they don't even know you're there uh or from the the little side area on the right all the way into the room on the left there's lots of like it's almost like shadow step without the hassle uh you know it doesn't go quite as far but um you can survive pretty much any ultimate in the game uh including graviton search um you know you can fade out of graviton if a diva bomb is in your face and you can't do anything about it you can time your fade to basically be vapor when the bomb goes off and it doesn't kill you you can fade out of any zoning alt like maze freeze or molten core or anything like that um you can definitely time a fade to avoid a a shatter if you see one coming i think um it's it's as a defensive uh ability it's the strongest in the game because it makes moira um very much like I said, super hard to kill, super slippery. And if your if your main healer is slippery and hard to kill, then it's likely the rest of your team's going to stay alive for longer. So that's why I think that fade, personally, to me, is uh, is one of the best abilities in the game. Considering the explanation, I won't even contest that. That's actually a good point. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> the other thing that's really nice about fade, if you're like, and this is a nice little trick, is that you can fake people out with it. Oh, yeah. fade does actually show it kind of shows which direction you go but if you go one direction and immediately go the other they're gonna be so confused and be like where the fuck did she go the other things are like um doom fist punches genji slashes like if you know it's coming i mean let's be honest doom fist is like the most obvious thing in the world he's like it takes him forever to line that up when he's pulling back you know he's coming you can just wait for it you just go and just fade right through it uh yeah so i'm i'm really a fan of that also for chasing after kills you shouldn't use it to chase after kills but if you know most of the enemy team is dead and there's that one escaping like asshole like let's say Zarya is escaping with charge and you really need to finish her off you can catch up with her pretty quickly with a fade so um yeah fade is my favorite ability in the game and what i think is one of the most powerful and underrated abilities in the game as far as ultimates go it's tough like it really is there's so many good ones there's i mean i don't think there's necessarily any that i would consider to be like just indefensibly incredible i think one of my favorites um is shatter and i'll explain why even though shatter is very easily blocked simply by having a shield if you can get past that if you can get past the shield or you can maneuver like to the side of the shield or burn the shield or whatever you're guaranteed to hit people to the floor and again kind of like graviton 
you do kind of need some follow-up, but Ryan is also quite capable of fucking people up by himself, too, if you're close enough. So you can just throw out a fire strike, swing, and then charge at the end. And the thing that I really like about Shatter is that it's it's a guaranteed team fight win, but it charges fast as shit. Like if you're like half decent with your fire strikes, you should have one every fight. Like it's uh I don't know. I just think that even though it may not be considered to be one of the most uh, powerful abilities in the game, the fact that it's such an easy team fight win and that it charges at the rate that it does, I think makes it uh, almost overpowered to an extent, you know, aside from the fact that you have to avoid a shield. That's pretty much it. Thoughts? Uh, Shatter was actually another one that was high on my list. It's yeah. probably second or third, because EMP is also up there, but again, okay. it's another follow-up. All those ones that are, like, follow-up ones <laughs> <laughs> they're really powerful but uh shatter is definitely up there and yeah. especially like when i play ryan i played Ryan a bit yesterday in comp and with a team which is really nice and i had a massive shatter that uh it put the team on the floor and hanzo actually happened to dragon strike right before i shattered i didn't even notice that and he shattered he, he put his fire, dragon strike right where the enemy team fell oh gosh incidentally yeah. so um team wipe he got three, and I think I got the other... I did damage to the three in there, and the Dragon Strike finished them off, and I killed two others. Yeah. And it was just instant, within, like, four seconds. Yeah. Their fight was done. Also, uh, much like the Sombra ability hack, it does have the ability to somewhat cancel ultimates too. So if Roadhog is uh, chopping at you or Moira is fading, uh, not fading, uh, coalescing at you <laughs> or whatever, uh, you know, a quick hammer down and Moira's on her ass. Although Word you have of to be caution, don't use it into Roadhog. Roadhog's If you're at an angle. If he's looking at you, you're going to get pushed up yeah. into the air and you're never going to hit the ground. That I have learned many times. But if you're at an angle, angle on him then it will cancel his ult out and many others yes. as well so i mean it'll put you know torbjorn on his ass it'll put may on her ass yeah um really good shit so yeah those are my two that i think i would throw out there as my they're kind of like more like my favorites than what i would consider to be the best in the game but because of how i utilize them and how much i enjoy them i think they are uh, i'm considering them the best uh, cool all righty so moving on to the hero segment and this week we did uh so we started off with two tanks and i don't know if you guys caught the logic with that but uh, i was originally just going to go along the bottom of the hero screen <laughs> all the way from left to right and then james rightly pointed out that you know people might get sick of tanks pretty quickly so that's why we did dps last week with sombra and we decided uh this week uh to go ahead and pick a healer instead so we have uh our healer of the week is Moira. We've talked about her a little bit this week uh, with the fade ability and all that fun stuff. So um, I think she is undoubtedly one of the easier characters to play in the game. Um, but I want to kind of, I want to go into a little bit of my personal feelings about her before I go into like her actual, like the rundown on the wiki and things like that. So there's a lot of misconceptions around Moira. Um, one of the things is that she has a 100% lock-on ability that uh, does not require any tracking whatsoever. This is a lie. Um, if anyone ever says, you know, no aim, useless, whatever, like, that's fine. Like, you definitely have to aim way less. But if you have a tracer blinking around you, or if you have a Doomfist jumping over you, or a Genji that's all over the place... I dare you to tell me that thing locks onto them. It does not. There is a circle 
there's definitely a big circle in front of you where anywhere within that circle, if you have it kind of angled anywhere in there, it will lock onto them. But nevertheless, if they move outside of that circle, it will break the lock and they'll be fine. It's not quite as bad as Sims was, where Symmetra's old <laughs> ability, where it was just like she would just... Back in the day! It would like bend in the air and like it was like crazy. So you do have to aim as Moira. It's more so a tracking aim, though. It's more like a Zarya beam. Less, less, definitely less complicated than a Zarya beam. But if you have, especially squishies that are super mobile, um, you're tracking. You have to spin and you have to follow. You have to go up and down and you know you have to keep them within a certain circle in order to track it's them like down. somewhere between winston and zarya yeah yeah you think about it's a good call as far as beams go yeah uh, the other thing is and this is huge because okay so moira moira mains are an interesting bunch um I made a video, uh, so you want to main Moira, we, we make guides, I made that video, and my Moira play is a very aggressive Moira, it is not a DPS Moira, I do not purely throw out uh, purple orbs and all that fun stuff and don't bother to heal my team, I am a duality Moira, I make decisions on the fly as to what is needed right now, and I am not afraid to throw out a purple orb if I feel like it, uh, or to like keep my little purpley hand uh, out there outstretched and you know dragging people down, but I also have large healing numbers and focus on healing as well. Those just aren't the most fun things to watch when you're making a video, so I tended to put more of the killer plays in there than the healy plays, there is some healy in there. I got so many comments of people going, oh, this guy's fucking DPSing the whole way through just because of how I edited it. I edited it, so I purposely made it look like that. Um, but as you know, it's playing with me. I am a very aggressive Moira, but I also put out a lot of healing as well. And I think the duality of the character is the most interesting part about her. The fact that every single thing you're doing as Moira comes down to decisions. And when you're on Reddit, and you go into the Reddit forum and you ask for advice on Moira, they're going to tell you only ever throw out healing orbs. Never throw out a purple orb unless it's the beginning of the match or you're chasing a kill. Only ever throw out healing orbs. And to be fair, the majority of the time that's correct advice. But the worst possible thing you can do outside of DPSing Moira is heal botting Moira, where you're not doing any additional damage to the enemy team whatsoever. Her ability to contribute to kills is unmatched if anyone on your team can get any player within a couple trickles of their health she will dead them in a second so a lot of uh, what uh my play style as moira is and the, everyone has a different style is i do make those split second decisions on like what is the most needed at this time but i am also hyper aggressive on her because a it it causes fear in the enemy when moira's locked on to you and you hear that little like <laughs> noise going on it makes you nervous it makes you make mistakes you try and escape you don't generally stand and fight you're like fuck i need to get away from this beam because it's just going to lock onto me so if nothing else it's a good zoning technique as well because you don't want to get too close to the moira so that's how i play moira um and it's, it brings me great success most of the time um do you play similarly or do you how do you uh function as a moira because I, I have played with you. We we looked at our stats the other day, and they're actually very similar. Mm. So I I also play more. I probably play her actually slightly even more aggressively I than think, you do. Yeah. Yeah. I do put out huge. I do put up big healing numbers, but because I'm just a murderous bastard in Overwatch, like I I had more final blows. My final blow stat was the one that was significantly different from yeah. yours. So it's just I like to finish off 
kills. Um, but yeah, I'm again a hyper aggressive player, but I do not sacrifice healing at all. Mm. Um, and I actually use coalescence most of the time to heal and damage uh, enemies if they happen to be in front. I actually sometimes even use it as an emergency. Sometimes I'll use it on cooldown just because people. I use I get it really quickly. I get lot. it really quickly, but yeah. other times I will save it specifically. Like I think there's a grav coming. I'm gonna yeah. I'll save it for grav. I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move out of it and coalesce everybody. I'll save and... it for grav for sure. But outside of grav, I will use it off cooldown immediately. If we're in the and... like the middle of it, as long as my health's good, because the worst thing you can do is go into a coalescence with low health and just get picked immediately. If there's a shatter on the enemy team, I won't use it because that's the easiest way to fuck up a Moira doing that. Um, but also. Um, and again, this is because we're in like the hero section. Quick pro tip: before you throw out coalescence, what should you do, James Degrado? There's one thing you do right before you throw it out. And healing that, or healing or damage, depending on what you're going to do. So yeah, so an orb basically. So if you're planning on mostly healing, throw a healing orb out before you do it. If you're planning on mostly killing, throw a purple orb out before you do it. The additional amount that that adds to it is actually really uh, significant. Like, what could have been, like, burning someone down to, like, one or two of their health, if there's a purple orb in the mix, they're all dead. So And that's that actually a good brings me to another way that I play Moira, is that um, sometimes when people are low, <clears throat> I'll throw out the healing orb and heal them. It's, again, the same way I like to use Amp It Up for Lucio or the Regenerative Burst for... Um, Baptiste is I don't use it just on its own all the time. I mm -hmm. use it to compound and just quickly get someone up to health. Like if you use that healing orb and heal at the same time, you can get a tank up really quickly and all of a sudden they're not in danger anymore. <laughs> it's oh, amazing the things you can do. And the same yeah. thing with damage. Like if you have a Genji getting all up in your face, you can throw the healing orb above him so you can't deflect it and then also steal his life and he goes down so quick mm -hmm. yeah. i think that's actually why my final blow status is i do that kind of sneaky. yeah the, he the healing orb lifesteal is definitely a great combination especially against other moiras uh whenever you're in a moira 1v1 almost always the other moira Don't will throw, throw a, a damage, damage orb. orb if you throw the healing orb you win because healing does damaging for her in a higher percentage so that's a very quick tip the also also alongside the um the tipping front um throwing an orb but a slightly lower directory keeps it around longer because it takes longer to go forward it doesn't just go forward and shoot off if you throw it sort of slightly towards the floor you will get more value out of it uh, but the most value you're going to get out of it is using the geometry using the map geometry so knowing when where the orb is going to bounce around sometimes it's difficult sometimes you throw an orb and it just skies off out into nowhere other times if you're in a blizzard physics right if you're in a cluster like let's say um point b hanamora top of the stairs the left entrance where everyone comes in at you throw a little healing orb in there that's just bouncing back and forth like that your team is like good you don't even have to heal that much when that's going on so there's definitely a lot of finesse to her fade we've talked about um is you know just an incredible ability that can survive so many things uh and then of course there is coalescence um now coalescence one of the fastest building ultimates in the entire game if not the fastest building ultimate um i think Moira's Coalescence is almost always the first thing to pop in a fight when I'm in a team fight, whether I'm Moira or not. And uh, Coalescence twofold, like you said, keeping your tanks up, that extra sustain should be primary focus. If you can angle yourself to take both your tanks and point it at the enemies, that's the most value you're going to get out of it, because then you're healing and damaging at the same time. Um, but honestly, don't be afraid just to go for the backline squishies. 
uh, that thing goes 30 meters or 30 yards. I can't remember how they do it in Overwatch, but um, you can, yeah, you can reach Theana in the back with that fucker, and she will die quick. Uh, same with Mercy, same with, you know, Zen. Mercy um, and Zen, especially. Yeah, because they're, you know, harder Because they for can't them get away as quickly. Uh, Except Mercy yeah. can, but it, sometimes she's yeah. too, she does it too late and she can't get out of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, uh, Moira is a soft counter to Pharah, which is one of the like <laughs> least known things in the game, I think. Because everyone's like, we have a Pharah go hit scan, and sometimes, yeah, you need a hit scan. If Pharah is anywhere near you as Moira, she it's too late before she realizes what's going on. If you can get underneath her where she can't see you, and you're just sucking her life away, her health pool is so low, she's mm-hmm. done. She's done. Absolutely. And I have been known in the past that if I get sufficiently pissed off at a Farah as Moira, I will coalesce that bitch. Oh, yeah. That's the other fun one as well. If Coalescing. she's causing <laughs> enough of a problem that she's basically carrying her team and you kill her of coalescence, that's a good use of it. Yep. Honestly. Why not? Good trade. Just make sure your team doesn't isn't in need of health when you do it. So, yeah. So, that's a little bit... I mean, her, like usually I go into the abilities a bit more kind of like, you know, I'll say... And I will go into it a little bit here, but uh, I do. I, I, I did want to throw out a few like generalized tips first because uh, you know it's. I am a Moira main, whether I like it or not. And here's the thing: I don't. I want to be a Zen main. I want to be a Lucio main. I want to be a more intricate main than Moira because Moira's kit is so basic. But I can play her on autopilot and do very very well and i and that is the sign of someone that is basically your main character whether you it's like it or not just like me at break yep so and to an extent sombra now it's actually kind of scary how i can i'm mm. almost autopiloting with her now it's kind of terrifying so anyway. for uh biotic grasp it is a beam is considered a beam type weapon it does 80 health per second or 65 health over four seconds lingering which means that don't just hold it and spray folks burst 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 you don't need to hold it if you hold it your resources are drained which is the worst thing about playing moira is managing your resources um the max range is 15 meters for uh, that and uh rate of fire 11 per second uh let's see here casting time 0.3 seconds uh yeah it's it's pretty pretty quick uh biotic grasp for this is for damage uh yeah for damage 50 per second uh that's not a joke i mean you know there's a lot of people you can burn down really quickly in like three four seconds uh you do heal yourself you have a little bit of the old reaper lifesteal with moira uh while you're damaging people you are healing yourself and building your resources so that's why i say it's very important not to be a heal bot moira you will never have enough healing if you're a heal bot moira you have to damage to heal something a lot of people that don't play moira don't understand about moira uh max range for that is 20 meters so honestly if i'm in a group with my tanks i'm just holding it down I'm just hoping that someone comes close enough that I do a little bit of damage and get a little bit of resource. Like, I'll heal, 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 hold it down. Because it will, like, you can just keep it held, and as soon as something comes within, like, a line of, I guess, damage, then it will just instantly grab a hold of them. So it's a pretty useful one. And, and I even use it, side note, I even use it almost a bit sometimes, like, Symmetra's um, beam, in that I actually will use it to get additional shield break. If my team doesn't need healing and there's a shield, it... It's not that much damage, but it's enough that sometimes it breaks the shield just 
it can fast contribute. enough for you to do something. It can contribute. If you got really like a lot of the times, it's a waste to use it on a shield. But there, if it's cracked, if there's nothing else to do, yeah, if there's nothing it, else to do or it's cracked, then why not? Uh, infinite ammo on that, uh, which is which is nice. We don't have to worry about any of that. No, no reloading that, um, which is good. The biotic orbs. Uh, so you have uh, projectile. The damage orb is up to 200 damage over four seconds, 50 per second. Healing is up to 300 health over four seconds. That's 75 per second. Uh, 20 meters per second. The speed, 5.5 meters while tethered. Uh, what that means is while it's actually affecting someone. So healing someone or damaging someone. Um, max range while tethering is five meters. Uh, that's when it will start you know, shooting off again. And duration. 10 seconds or until depleted uh cool down 10 seconds on that so a lot of moira is basically like managing between using your hand resources and the orb resources because when you throw that orb you're not getting another one for 10 seconds get the most value out of the one that you have and then just kind of wait out that cool down and then decide okay what do we need more here extra damage to finish off these squishies that are all in here that are low health or extra healing because my team is a little bit low right now uh fade 18.75 meters per second. <laughs> That's basically what it is, right? It's real fast. 15 meters, and you can move um, while you're you're fading. So that's that's a really important technique to learn. Harder on PC than console, by the way. But um, basically, as you fade, you have the ability to choose the direction you're going, which means that if you know the maps well enough, you know how to duck inside a door backwards. You know what I mean? You can like, fade back and left inside a doorway just based off the, uh, the knowledge of the map, which is, why, again, why I think it's very powerful. And then Coalescence, Beam-type weapon, 70 per second damage, 140 per second healing, which is why we say focus healing, 50 per second to yourself. Uh, so the move speed is 9 meters per second. You do definitely gain a speed boost. Max range, 30 meters. So like I said, those squishies in the back are not safe. Duration, 8 seconds. Um, so that's... And she uh, she generates it passively 1% uh, every 4.25 seconds. Every tick you get on a damage orb will give you a percentage. Um, that's why damage orbs are also important to build that coalescence. I will say this, though. Once you have coalescence, better to purely use healing orbs until you use coalescence. Because if you have your ult, you've built it up, and then you're throwing out damage orbs, unless you're killing somebody, uh, what are you doing? You're, you're basically feeding the enemy ultimate, the enemy healer ultimates. Because your little trickle damage that's going in there probably isn't going to kill anyone, but all their healers are able to heal up your little trickle damage, and then they're getting ultimate. So typically speaking... I will stop using damage orbs unless I'm guaranteed a kill once Coalescence is up, um, purely because I do not want to feed the enemy healer's ult charge. So there's that. Okay, let's get into a little bit of backstory about Moira, because <clears throat> she is a fascinatingly evil character. Uh, so... Equal parts brilliant and controversial, scientist Moira Odirain is on the cutting edge of genetic engineering, searching for a way to rewrite the fundamental building blocks of life. Though Odirain will go to any lengths to make scientific breakthroughs, her work is still unknown to most of the world. But now she has been freed from all constraints. It is only a matter of time before everything changes. Odirain has a n 
negative view of Overwatch, claiming that it was responsible for stifling scientific advancements for decades, she has no interest in global conquest, but is willing to work with those who might have such a goal. Her intellectual pursuits are driven by her interest in humanity. She is a gen uh, geneticist first and foremost, and that's the scope of her ambition. With her flexible morals, Odiarain prefers to focus on her research and has no patience for those who urge caution or restraint. Her right hand is heavily scarred, and it has been speculated that it is the result of experimentation or a genetic anomaly. So I won't go too much into her background, but basically she's kind of an evil scientist. <laughs> um, she did work with Overwatch on the Blackwatch team at the uh, request of General Reyes for a while. Uh, she was in that mission in Retribution where everything fucked up and went horribly. And she is also 100% responsible for um, Gabriel Reyes becoming Reaper uh, using some of her, let's say, uh, scientific advancements. Uh, she's the one who gave him those abilities and made him. That's why things like Shadow Step are very similar to Fade. I think it was partially from the uh, augmented soldier program in the U.S., but she kind of built off what they did. Because yeah. I think uh, both him and Soldier were in that program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably a lot more, but too. she kind of took it to the next level, as it were. Oh, yeah, quite literally. Uh, she's basically, like, right now, um, after Overwatch disbanded, she, she needed funding, and she didn't really know how to get funding. So what she ended up doing was there's a scientific collective that founded the city of Oasis, which is the map Oasis. And they selected her to be the Minister of Genetics because she was such a big genetic person. Um, but um, Talon have been funding her for a long time, and she actually sits on the council uh, with Doomfist um, in talent. So she has kind of one hand in being the Minister of Genetics for Oasis, one hand on being the evil queen of Talon, if you will, um, next to Reaper and Doomfist. So, um, I mean, let's make, let's make no mistake here. She is kind of evil, uh, <laughs> but she has a good side. Uh, she does have a good side. And, you know. And she she's not totally an emotionless bitch, as everyone thinks, because even like when you spawn on Oasis sometimes, and this is probably the most team indie you ever see it of her, she's she kind of says, and almost with a tone of sadness, this is much my home, or this is my home now as much as any other. Mm -hmm. And she almost says it with a slight sadness Somber, about yes. it. And I thought tone. that was very interesting. Like she is still human. She just, I almost feels like she tries to hide it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, there's like pictures of her uh, sprays and stuff of her where you can see her like with her cats and, you know, just being a scientist and that kind of stuff. So I think she definitely went down the kind of, uh, if, if Overwatch was Star Wars, which it basically is, uh, she definitely went down the dark side uh, when she could have gone either way, which is why she has the duality of healing and damage. Um, my personal most mad thing about Moira that I hate the most is that her original design had her with tentacles and they took them away. And I am such a Lovecraft fan that that makes me so mad because a tentacled Moira would be, she was basically Tokyo Ghoul. Like she had, her hands and legs were normal, but she had four tentacles coming out of her back with like grabbers and stuff. Dude, she would have been so badass. The reason why they didn't stick with that, I believe, was that um, they basically said they, they, at the time, they couldn't animate it. It was too much going on with it, which I think is a bullshit reason, but um, 
Yeah, so I I was a fan I of that. Approve yeah. of it. There was also a time when she had uh, like a Zarya style gun, like it was a like a holdy gun thing. Um, I'm glad they landed on the hand thing. I think that that works out a lot better. Uh, or they said her silhouette became too similar to Zarya's, so they dropped that. Um, so. Yeah, so uh, that's Moira. Uh, I will go into a, a few fun kind of bits and pieces on uh, the trivia side of things here. Give me a second to find those. Okay, um, so if you had to guess, how old would you say Moira is? Mm. 41. 48. Oh, shit. It's pretty good for people on right? Overwatch. Don't age. people on the Overwatch? They must have really long life expectancy in that fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Pretty pretty good for her age, I thought. Uh, yeah, she definitely doesn't look forty eight. But yeah, anyway. Um, so Moira is an English. Oh god, I can't even pronounce this word. Anglicization, anglicization of the Irish name Mary. Anglicization. Um, thank you. Um, ultimately derived from the big biblical Mary, as well as the Greek name meaning fate. Uh, Odirain is an Irish name meaning descendant of the exile. It's a fun one. Um, Moira was first shown to players as a member of the Talon Inner, Inner Council in the co comic book Doomfist Masquerade and was not given a name or a speaking role. Uh, the day before her reveal, a research paper labeled Draft, Repairing Degenerative Genetic Structures, was added to the Oasis map, hinting at Moira's occupation and involvement with Reaper. Uh, the story of uh, behind Moira's decrepit right hand hinted to be a result of coming into contact with an anomalous genetic experiment. However, it seems it still doesn't hint at explanation of how those genetics were able to allow plasma production in the biotic system. Uh, Moira, Moira is the second hero after D.Va who could perform the quick melee attack with both her hands chosen randomly because she has the palm strike and then she has the swipe with her nasty hand, uh, which is especially nice with that new scientist skin because it has needles on it. Uh, so I like that one. Moira has heterochromia on her eyes, the right one being red while the left one is blue. However, it's not known if she was born with it or if she acquired it with one of her experiments. Again, duality. Uh, Moira's Blackwatch uniform and skin are based on her earliest concept art, which in turn resembles the clothing worn by Mercy. Uh, she's evil Mercy, basically. Um, Moira has some backstory with Mercy as one utilized tech developed by the other. And I really really hope they go into that uh in like full animation for i would love to see a moira mercy animation i think it'd be amazing um all righty uh i want to see how she how she changed the valkyrie suit because the black watch suit is just uh her version of the valkyrie quick response suit Oasis University has a special interaction between Reaper and Sombra uh, when on the same team that teased Moira's release. This was before Moira came out. Sombra asked him, what are we gonna? Uh, what are we doing here, boss? And Reaper responded to her with, I am here to visit an old friend. So that was a fun tease at the time. Uh, it is confirmed by Michael Chu that Moira's sprays, uh, her run, as well as her ultimate ability, are anime references. Uh, as you can tell by the fact she runs like Naruto. Uh, and the Kami Kamiha. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it is revealed in Retribution event that Moira likes to dress up and enjoys art. So, again, not all evil. 
Moira is from Ireland's capital, Dublin, just like her voice actress, Genevieve O'Reilly. I'd love to meet Genevieve O'Reilly. And Moira's choice of drink is Irish coffee, which, if you don't know, is coffee with Jameson's in it. <laughs> so there you go. And that's that's what her that's what she's holding in her toast team mm-hmm. or her toast victory pose. And she even does a little nod. She's like, <laughs> "All righty." So that's Moira. Uh-huh. Now on to our favorite part, where we get to discuss our little uh, special favorite things about this particular character. So favorite voice lines for Moira. There are so many. Uh, she has some so really good, good ones, ones, actually. So there are so many good ones. What you got? Break down a couple for me. And you have um, to do it in the voice. That's the rule. I actually really like the one, and this, you might not think it, but the idle hands are the devil's workshop. I just like That's hearing good. her voice, really. That's and good. it's really yeah. it, that really highlights her voice. Um, get off the stage. It's also a good one. Um, stupidity is not a right. That's also good. That's her like tagline to me. Like that's the one thing. Like if you're going to wear a Moira shirt, you really want it to say "stupidity is not a right." On and there. then there's so many more, but I'm just going to do one more. Is that well, I like using it when I'm frustrated for my team. Is comp at the beginning of a match? Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Or uh, this was a triumph. That too. Yeah, but this was I, a triumph. Um, this is a triumph. My so okay. So my favorite uh, Moira lines. I I love the old familiar, grand, just because it fits <laughs> with so many things. Whenever there's like a an enemy uh, or sorry a teammate coming up and talking shit at me after they say like oh you know uh, are you afraid to fight me or something I'll just go. Grand. Yeah. <laughs> just stare at him. Um, I do love the Futurama reference of good news, everyone. Uh, that's a really good one. Um, one of my favorites for telling teammates they're picking the wrong character in Spawn is you're mistaken. Uh, <laughs> I do like that one. And uh, also the good old famous you make you make a dog's breakfast of it, which is uh, it's a very Irish thing to say. So, yes, uh, those are some of my favorite Moira voice lines. I do like her general spiel though as well. Like just when she's like off the cuff doing stuff. There's um, when she kills people. Uh, I can't remember. There's one thing she says when she kills people that's just like. It's kind of like you are a fucking idiot, but I can't remember what it is that she actually says now. It's burning me up. I can't I think remember. of it either. Like she kills him and then she says I... the sassiest shit ever. And I'm just like, I don't know. It was funny anyway. Um, okay, let's go Evolution into... Evolution works quickly today. I like that one. <laughs> uh, favorite skins. Favorite skins. I'm actually not going to mention many League ones. I'm Boston Uprising, obviously, not just because I like the team. I just like the colors, but they're really good on her. But... Actually, I really enjoy um, both the Blackwatch skin and the New Scientist skin. I really like the arm pieces on the New Scientist skin, and I think they'll look really good. I think I'm going to get Moira's gold weapon next on my main account. But I, I really like how they look. They almost look like braces as if she's injured her wrists almost, but with science I don't know why really it looks cool. cool it just about looks some, cool. Like the way they change some of them, like they will change the ornamentation around them as well on the skins, which is a really subtle thing. But like um, the needles look amazing in gold. I, I do have the gold weapon first. I've actually had the first one i got um but they look incredible in gold but because like basically before 
before they kind of gave her a little bit more going on, she just kind of had like gold fingernails. <laughs> it was just, she had a little bit on the wrist, but it was just kind of like, and the thing is, she wore these gigantic ass sleeves, so you couldn't see the wrist, so you just have the, the fingernails that were gold, which, you know, you want to show her off a little bit. People were campaigning for her to have a gold backpack, like all kinds of stuff. Um, so... Yeah, I yeah, I I really agree with those uh scientists. Has grown on me. Was not a fan when I first saw it. The needles made it for me. I do think that's very cool. Uh Blackwatch is great. Uh her favorite my favorite, the best in my opinion, Banshee. Banshee skin makes her so fucking terrifying and it fits with Irish folklore. Um and as I was mentioning with the, the changes to her wristlets when she is uh, a banshee, they're like snakes and stuff that are coming out of her thing, which like golden snakes. And yeah, it's it's cool as fuck. She's a lot scarier in banshee. Not so. a skin freaky again. No, not at all. Um, so yeah, golden so banshee snakes is like his worst nightmare. <laughs> Banshee's one of my favorites for her. I, I really like that one a lot. And I, I basically had that like until I switched, it, switched everything over to uh, Overwatch League team stuff. That was like the always I'm wearing this skin forever. Uh, the one thing I do like about Scientist um, is also that they actually take off her eye patch because it's pre eye patch. And I she's just never, got the little visor. Yeah, I've never been the biggest fan of the eye patch, so I'm I'm I like that. I do like her seeing black her face watch skin. More. Also, doesn't have an eye patch. Mm, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I like that. I don't even think it has a line on the Oasis skin. I don't think she actually has an eye patch, but she has a line as if this is where it's going to go. Like right. it was something that she had planned out. Yeah. I don't know what that's about, but anyway, she looks kind of like a Borg with, <laughs> with the thing. But anyway, assimilate. Yeah, uh, I'm actually using I'm actually using scientists instead of leak skins right now. And I think I will for a while. I always wear I just love skin. Always wear event skins during the event, and then swap back to league after. Usually, I might use it even after the event. Honestly, I actually like it that much. <laughs> All but right. I really like the blue and yellow Boston Uprising on her. So on her. let's talk about Moira's place in the meta right now. Because it's changed. It's changed. Uh, there was a point where Moira was up there with Sim and Torb and the least played characters in the professional league. Uh, a lot of people say you can't play Moira in Grandmaster because she simply doesn't put out enough healing. Uh, and her utility is not as good as it would be if you were playing Ana or, you know, anyone else, basically. Um, so what are your thoughts on where she's at currently? She's in an interesting place because even the leak sometimes now, I don't know if how much effect these, I haven't watched many matches where she's been used, but sometimes she's actually being put in place with Zen mm -hmm. with, with effect, with effect as well. Like there's actually, she does work, but um, I'm not sure. She's in an interesting place. That's for sure. She's Do you not know always. Used. Why we're seeing her more in the league is because um, now that goats is not, as prevalent still prevalent but not as prevalent she's not very good against goats she used to be a part of the original goats but she's not very good against it um but with dps making a comeback like as in there's a lot more matches where they're dps heavy now i've seen trip sometimes even quad dps which is like kind of funny because the amount of people that complain about that in comp but um moira is excellent against squishies 
She's excellent against them, especially Genji's. Uh, Tracers don't do her much bother either. Throw out a healing orb and just keep following her. Um, so there's a lot of folks that will use her for two reasons. One, um, she's good against DPS comps. And two, she's good uh, getting to point quickly. So I've seen her replaced as like a Zenyatta, for example. Like I've seen Boom player. I've seen Dogman player. I've seen a lot of folks there's that like some people will just play her out of the gate which i love like it's kind of just like nice to see that character get some more screen time in professional play as a main for her and as kind of just like knowing that she can put in work when she's used correctly um so yeah i'm, I'm a fan of her current position in the meta i wish it was more consistent but at the same time as long as i get to see her play sometimes i'm kind of happy about it i will almost always like i said the all uh, all access pass i will almost always watch whoever's playing moira just to kind of see what they're doing with her different to what i do um so that's that's fun i think she's okay i think she's doing all right she's creeping in slowly shall we say hmm. um and then what tweaks would you make to moira if any to improve her abilities and or ultimate I think the one tweak I would make to her is let her damage orb refill her healing. Because it doesn't right now. It's not like something I absolutely like must have, but it would be nice. Just because sometimes um, like you just can't get any resources at all. And you're mm -hmm. out and you have to keep healing your team and your your tanks are like spamming, I need healing, I need healing. And you've already put all your resources in it and usually means that your other healer isn't doing their job as well. But it would be nice just to have that option to throw out a damage orb just to get your resources up a bit. I agree. I actually, yeah, that was going to be one of my suggestions was that I think that the damage orb not refilling or healing, I don't know if they figured that was too OP or not at the time, but considering kind of like her place in the meta and everything, where now like resource is one of the big reasons why people don't use her because frankly, you're coming under so much fire uh, at the professional level that uh, sometimes she can't, she, like you, you need a consistent healer, you need an Ana, you need a, a Lucio that has an aura up and can amp up every once in a while. Um, um, you know, I, I feel like that's definitely uh, an underrated thing that could potentially swing her towards being full-time meta if that was a, an option. Uh, and also those um, those DPS Moiras would stop complaining about never having any resources. So that would be nice uh, to an extent, too. Um, I was thinking about her ultimate, honestly, uh, because her ultimate, while it's good, um, a lot of people think it's trash. Like, there's a lot of people that think Coalescence is garbage. I don't happen to think that. I think it is a really useful ultimate. There could be tweaks made to it, but honestly, I don't even know what I would do. Like, I was thinking about this. Like, I mean, it already does an awful lot of output uh, on both the healing and damage side. The only thing I could think would be to maybe widen the range of it a little bit because it's very it's very much like you said the kamihamihari thing right now <laughs> i don't know how to pronounce it the dragon ball thing where it's like a direct beam maybe just widening it up a little bit so you could because like her thing is that she can do like not with so much with the um not so much with the the damage uh hand but with the healing hand like you can do a quick arch of a spray that will just get like everyone in like a you know a 90 degree angle in front of you and i think a lot of what moira kind of does best is be able to handle multiple things at one time be able to damage multiple people throw out a purple orb it'll attach to anyone within its range throw out a healing orb it'll attach to anyone within its range it wouldn't have to be that much wider 
just a little bit wider. You know what I mean? And I think that way, if you could catch more people within its grasp, then it would be more effective without really giving away too much. Like, without really, like, making her OP. It just would mean that they'd get slightly more value out of it if your team was kind of more clumped up, rather than being in a directly straight line that they kind of have to be now for you to get super value out of it. So that would be one of the changes, I think. What do you think about that? Yeah, it would be nice. I almost think that uh, just extending the range to be longer also. Yeah, yeah. Not at, not do both. Do one or the other. Can you imagine <laughs> being both. able to take a Widow out from across the map with that thing? That'd be amazing. Or like but, uh, uh, Symmetra's thing, where it is like a true Goku thing, where it's just going through the entirety of the map, wherever they are, you just swing it around until you kill things. That'd be amazing. <laughs> But know. yeah, that that would be nice. I don't think it's really necessary. No, but it would all. be nice. Well, I think the the angle would be the best change you can make to it. I think, and it's a small thing, but I think it would work. Alrighty. Uh, anything else you think you that you want to add for Moira? Any tips or things like that? Balancing damage and healing is your friend. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. And I'm sorry, Reddit. I know you're going to read this because I'm going to post this on the Moira main subreddit as I do every week. Uh, whenever there's a hero, I post it on the main subreddit. Um, so you guys can read, like, hear our opinions about your, your favorite heroes. Um, but Moira is so fucking controversial whenever I bring up anything about her. Because there's people that just, like, are so one-track minded with, like, you have to heal, you have to heal. Or people that go the other way and play her like a straight DPS character. The balance, You have to do both. The balance is key folks it's the balance you have to do both and you have to do both effectively she almost requires more balance than zen <laughs> she should be the freaking monk honestly yeah. uh but yeah she is a she is in my opinion a fantastic character highly underutilized very powerful in the lower tiers uh absolutely powerful in the lower tiers and um yeah i just think uh i just think that if you're if you're struggling right now to find a healer that has like that, that you you could be effective with, um, but you don't necessarily have to worry about landing a sleep dart from fifty meters away. Then uh, Moira's your girl. So yeah. Honestly, my climbing recently in solo queue on my main account has been Brig and Moira. Yep. Yeah, great for climbing. And Sombra a little bit. Yeah. All righty. <laughs> That's our show. That's episode four of uh, Hero Recall. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, as usual, you can join our Twitter account. Please do. Please follow us on at Hero Recall OW, as in capital O, capital W for let overwatch and um we need more folks on our twitter guys we need we have opinions we have thoughts and feelings we need you to interact with us there but also we want to ask you questions yeah we want to ask you questions and we also want you to comment on these videos if you have opinions and i know that you do especially about moira then please comment below let me know your thoughts and feelings if you think that the podcast has way too much owl stuff and not enough overwatch stuff let us know we're filming we're like making this around you and as an introductory podcast cast to overwatch to professional overwatch to the characters it's about your thoughts and feelings and it's about all these new fans that are coming in just now because overwatch is taking off even more so than it did two years ago it's really coming into its own and this podcast was designed for new to overwatch people and also longtime fans as well it's we're trying to appeal to a lot of folks and it's not always easy not always easy to get that balance right so any feedback you have is super valuable to us please 
please let us know. I promise you, we're so approachable, so approachable. We'll answer. We'll talk to all of you. Alrighty. So um, next next time, not sure what hero we're doing next. Next, it'll be a fun surprise. We are working on some fun guest appearances for you. We should have some. Uh, <clears throat> some uh, really kind of uh, fun folks on the show later on. Maybe Keegan will join us again one day. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I guess we're going to be off to play Overwatch. And in the meantime, uh, thank you so much for uh, watching or listening because the world needs more heroes like you. See you next time. Bye.